Welcome back to Officially Unofficial. I'm your host, the former face of junior college baseball, the fall American, Johnny Junta. And we are here with a very, very special guest. He is a massive prospect for the Detroit Tigers and a legend. And when I say legend, I'm, this is an understatement. He is a legend at the University of Texas. It is my pleasure to welcome Cody Clemens to the Officially Unofficial podcast. What's up, brother? What's up, dude? How are we doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. How, I mean, how are you doing? I mean, also, I just want to say this to the people listening, a little bit of a humble brag right here. He's sitting in a room. He has two Cy Young Awards just over his left shoulder, whatever. Not a big deal. Ever heard of the Cy Young? So how have you, you been doing, man? What have you been doing lately? I'm good, dude. Just trying to get our workouts in, uh, you know, obviously just planning for the upcoming year and hopefully uh, with all the word that it starts uh, on time and, you know, goes smoothly. So just playing some golf, working out, and just getting ready for uh, this, you know, the upcoming season. For sure, man. I mean, and and you had so much momentum going into this year, also because I was, like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, I think I was playing COD with Nolan or whatever with someone, and I was like, holy shit, like Cody's in the game right now for the Tigers in spring training. I think you went like five for eleven too. Is that is that true? What 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 do you do in spring? Yeah, training? I had a, I had a really good spring. Um, you know, I was fortunate enough to Gardy Ron Gardenhider. Uh, uh, called me up for about I don't know 10 games or something like that and I got about 15 at bats and I did really well I probably had about seven hits I don't remember what the numbers exact number numbers yeah. were uh you know we get in around the sixth or seventh inning all the backup guys but I I uh showed up for sure I was ready to go oh you were buzzing you were buzzing and I mean it was just a stroke off Cody Clemens session on Twitter I feel like every account was just like this guy's disgusting at the game of baseball rightfully so and when I say discussing the game of baseball, I want to bring in a couple stats here that just make my mind boggle because I don't even think I had this many hits in my whole life. So in your junior year at Texas, you went 351 with 24 nukes, 72 RBIs, and 87 hits. One of the most insane years all time. What was going kind of right for you that year? And was the ball, baseball pretty much a beach ball to you your junior year? Because it had to be. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I was obviously seeing it really well. Uh, it was just a big step. Like uh, I remember my fresh, or freshman and sophomore year, I obviously had like a mediocre year both years. And going into my junior year, I uh, basically looked at it. Well, I was like this year, so let's just switch some stuff up with my swing. And I uh, basically opened up just a little bit. And then I uh, started to leg kick and I lowered my hands and that just created a good launch angle, I guess. And I just went with it and it stuck and then you know after the first two or three weekends of doing really well then it was just complete confidence deal um as soon as I got some confidence and I was you know putting up numbers it was like it was it was just easy I don't know it's easy to say like, I can't say it was easy, <laughs> but that's just how it felt and it's funny because whenever you play baseball and you get in a groove like that it's no one stopping you you know you go up there you know you're gonna do really well and you know, you're going to beat that pitcher. And that was kind of my mindset the whole year. And I was surrounded by a great group of guys, uh, you know, that would push each other. Um, obviously, Nolan and Chase, our pitching staff was really good that year. And also our lineup, we had a few guys around me that, uh, you know, would get on base for me and whatnot. So it was a great year. It was unbelievable. And it was I was literally blacked out all year. Yeah, like, honestly, you are you were blacked out on the baseball field, and the University of Texas alumni who showed up to the games were blacked out in the stands. It's just like, it's a, it's a great it's a great correlation there. But that year, man, I mean, you were all over ESPN. You were all over Twitter. And a couple things that I wanted to bring up here that just made me think Cody Clemens has the biggest balls in America. The first one I wanted to bring up is you hit a nuke against Tennessee Tech. 
you run past their dugout, do the horns up right in their dome. It's one of the most electric things ever. Was that just an <laughs> adrenaline thing or what went into you doing that? Cause it was incredible. Yeah. So I looked like the bad guy, right? All over Twitter, everyone was tweeting out saying, oh, Cody Clemens, you go to a big-time school, act like it, all this stuff all over Twitter blowing me up. But um, no one knows the backstory, right? So I can let it out right here. Yeah, it's uh, here, yeah. Yeah, so obviously, you know, putting the horns up is a big thing at the University of Texas, and that's the tradition and everything. And obviously, opposing schools love to put them down, right? Yeah. So the first game, they ended up beating us. Um, and we have a section out in uh, left field. It's called Occupy Left yep. Field. A ton of guys that love diehard Texas baseball fans. They kind of have their uh, crowd outside the uh, fence on the left side. And um, anyways, after the game we lost, uh, the first game to Tennessee Tech, uh, there was just rumors from all the guys out there that they said that the Tennessee Tech bus drove off and, uh, and put the horns down right in their face, like all over. Oh, my God. And kind of just like – basically shoved it in our face right and then also a few guys on their team after they won you know they're high-fiving on the mound and everything and they're putting the horns down all stoked that they beat the longhorns right so that kind of we obviously took offense to that uh you know we're diehard longhorns and playing and so the next game i was pissed i mean it obviously got us fired up and it was an adrenaline thing you know uh emotional game and as soon as i hit it and i rounded i was fired up and i just said yo like the horns go up. That's, that's just how it went. The, the umpire in the video video you can see kind of gets in my ass, but um, it was it was just an emotional deal. And you know, it's kind of we called it like the curse. If someone put the horns down, they were in trouble. And that's kind of how the whole year went. So it was pretty cool, dude. You see it all the time, and I mean, college football and baseball and stuff. Yeah, and exactly. I think, and I think actually the year that you were with Nolan. I think someone did the horns down after they beat you guys, and then you guys swept. I'm trying to think who it was. It was it cost. Oh, yeah. Who? What team was I forgot, that? I forgot who it was. Was it Oklahoma? But... I think it, it was something like that, or it was a smaller school. They did the horns down after I think beating you guys, and then you guys just tormented yeah, them. The rest. Of it. it was definitely a weekend series, but yeah. I'm not sure. It might have been like K State or something like I that. I think it was K State because that was the day I think Nolan pitched like a CG shutty or something yeah, like yeah. that and just absolutely put like just an incredible thing right in their face. But the next thing I wanted to bring up is, and this is an incredible soundbite. It was all over Twitter. This is in the middle of you absolutely mashing. A guy by the name of Blaine Knight, who I have no idea who he is. <laughs> I, is he in like, a, I don't know where he is. Maybe he's doing a podcast. Is, yeah. Is he, yeah. The Arkansas, their start, their starting pitcher. Okay, so he 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 said this quote, which is just obviously, I think I'm a dog on the mound, which is I respect it. He said, like, I'm just gonna pitch the Cody Clemens. I'm gonna go at him just like he's a normal hitter. Meanwhile, you're hitting 351 with 24 nukes. Did you get to see that before the game you guys played Arkansas? And were you just like, I'm I better match this guy and just absolutely go viral? Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely saw it. I thought it was hilarious. I mean. I mean, obviously good for him. If I was a pitcher and I was facing somebody like that, I would say the exact same yeah. thing. You've got to say something like that, right? Um, but, yeah, the only thing I was upset with is he was uh, was saying what I can – I think part of it was, like, I've got better hitters that I can yes. – are going to put more yeah. runs than he put up himself. And he was going to go right after him. I'm not scared, all that stuff. And he, he ended up punching me out my first at bat, but he threw me, like, probably five out of six of the pitches were sliders <laughs> or something. So I was like, damn, I thought he was going to come after me with his heater, but no, he's a great pitcher. He, uh, he got drafted pretty high that year. I don't, I don't know who he went with, but he's, he's, he's definitely has good stuff. 
Yeah, I mean, so credit to me for not knowing who Blaine Knight is. Whatever, probably he's gonna just gonna shove it down my hoop with a. He's gonna probably go like he's probably just gonna carve next year, but whatever. Yeah, and then yeah. <laughs> but it, it's good. Cr- <laughs> it's crazy though because that year, I believe that was the year you guys made the College World Series. It was kind of surreal to me because obviously I didn't really focus on college baseball as much when I was growing up in Canada, but. I'm looking at that, man. I mean, your team was stacked. You had Shug, you had Blair, you had Nolan, you had you, obviously. Talk about that year because that year was kind of surreal, man. I mean, you guys were all getting all the spotlight. I mean, the big games on ESPN and all that stuff. So compared yeah. to other years, what was what was weird for you in that year? Well, we had an unbelievably hard um, out-of-conference schedule at the beginning of the year. We played LSU, Stanford, Arkansas midweek, all these games to see – what kind of team we were. And we ended up going, I think, nine and nine in, a, in the out-of-conference schedule. Our first 18 games, we were even. And we kind of looked at each other like, damn, like, what do we need to do to figure out how to win? You know, we just played a bunch of good competition. Obviously, you know, that's not going to cut it if we want to go where we want to go. And so we kind of looked at each other in the mirror, looked in the mirror and figured out, um, you know, roles to fill, stuff like that. And going into that year, we obviously lost my brother, who was kind of like the – the leader of the team and, you know, the, the outspoken one who the talking leader. And then we had a few guys who would show by example and lead by example, but we kind of rolled into the year and we had a few uh, um, upperclassmen who we thought were going to fill in that role of my brother. And then out of nowhere, I kind of start off hot and no one was really being that vocal guy. And so I kind of just merged into that role and it filled in like perfectly. And then we had a few guys that were doing really good that were leading by example. And so it kind of just fell in perfectly. And then, you know, we had great uh, – our in-conference schedule, we did really well. We had a huge weekend versus Texas Tech that we beat them in Lubbock, which kind of sent us up higher in the seating. And then, luckily, we got to host that regional at home, and it was great because we got to play AM and that was obviously so fun. Yeah. In that regional. And then we were expecting to go to Ole Miss and Oxford and play them. And then, then obviously, Tennessee Tech upset them and yeah. won the games there. And so, we were fired up that we had – got to play their super regional in Austin. And, you know, that obviously gave us a huge advantage going into Oxford to play Ole Miss. That would have been really tough, but um, it was just a crazy year. Like we just all believed in one another, you know, Augie Greedo passed away and that gave us a lot of fi- uh, fire and fuel yeah. as well. Um, so there was a bunch of aspects that year that kind of just merged together and worked. And, you know, we had a ton of guys step up like Jake McKenzie was really, really good in the, uh, in the um, postseason. Like, um, we had a few guys step up and fill, fill roles for sure. And it was just, it all merged together. And luckily we made it to Omaha. And then once we got to Omaha, everyone was like, damn, we made it. And then we went to and cute and got crushed. <laughs> <laughs> just whatever, man. It's you made it there, which is the incredible thing. And not many people get to say they made it to college world series, but there's also a thing. I mean, I'm my, my buddy, Chase Adams, he plays for UTRGV and there's a video on YouTube of you in the second inning hitting a, a grand slam and this bat flip was one of the most insane cool shit i've ever seen in my life do you remember that home run do you remember the bat flip what was running through your head on that bat flip because it looked so organic like you were meant to do it you were born to do that i don't know where honestly i don't know where the bat flip came until i maybe like i got about five homers under my belt and then like i was in such a big groove that i like when i hit the ball then i was like all right well I know that's gone. And then I kind of would just be pumped about it. And that's just how they come. And, you know, the bat flips obviously huge in baseball. Now everybody does it. Um, yeah. But luckily in college, when I was doing the bat flip, no one 
there was no no one's drilling you but in pro ball i can't really do that anymore so but that specific one yeah i remember i think i had a 2-0 count um and we were playing utrgb and it was bases loaded and i was like all right well if he throws me a heater i'm gonna like i got it i'm gonna do something with it and he i think it was like middle end heater and i just uh put the barrel on the ball oh, and it was gone and i was like all right well there we go it was, <laughs> dude this ball it was kind of a line drive so i it was kind of it was kind of a line drive so i was like damn i just bat flipped i hope it goes over <laughs> dude this ball hasn't landed like this, this ball you hit i don't think if you add every single hit in my career it wouldn't even accumulate to how far this ball went it looked like it went out of the state of texas like this ball <laughs> it was just a, like it looked like he was pitching you bp it was embarrassing it's it's for him <laughs> it was a tough one man but that year what really pissed me off is because you're mashing and all that you're doing you're doing well i don't even think you, you can't did you, you didn't even come close to winning the golden spikes that year if, if i'm correct on that yeah so it was i think the four guys it was funny because i met casey mize there and we both were already drafted to detroit so it was really cool to obviously meet casey and yeah. you know form a, a relationship there um and then the other two were brady singer and he won the dick Hauser, i believe but he didn't even show up to the Golden Spikes. So it was me, Casey Mize, and Andrew Vaughn out of Cal. That's and a pretty good foursome. Yeah, <laughs> Andrew had a great year. He's, yeah. he, that dude can crush the ball. He got drafted, like, top five of the White Sox or whatever. But, yeah, um, yeah, I think it was just funny because we were – me and Casey were obviously juniors, and then Andrew was a sophomore. And so, like, we were all into it. Like, dang, like, we have a good shot. Like, Casey and I were kind of talking when we were in L.A. out there, like, it's either me or you or whatever we were talking. And then Andrew's name gets called and we're like, Oh hell yeah. Like, congrats, dude. That's so awesome. <laughs> you know? But we were just like, Oh dang. Like we were, we were completely off. Like it was funny. He did. He raked that year. He, I mean, he hit like 400 with like 20 homers. The only everybody, obviously the only issue when everyone was uh, like arguing about who should have won or whatever was that Cal didn't make it to the postseason. Like yeah. they, they, out, they were knocked out. So that was the only difference really. Dude, but, but- he, he deserved it. He's a freaking beast. I don't know, though, because you went to, obviously, a nasty Big 12 school. You're at a nasty, nasty Big 12 program, and you put up these video game numbers. I mean, 24 nukes in a college season is banana. Like, for people who don't listen to it, like, it is idiotic to hit that many. Like, that is insane to do. So, it just, it just for me, it's, I'll say it for you. It was complete bullshit. You didn't win the, I mean, the Golden Spikes <laughs> that year. You were just out of it. And I will bury anyone on Twitter that says that Cody Clemens doesn't deserve that Golden Spikes for that season. You'll get put in a body bag by me. But uh, I mean, it was a little, was a little part of you kind of like, I mean, it was a little party like, man, come like, look at my stats. It had to be right. I mean, yeah, I was, I mean, trust me, that, that award is so awesome. Like I was yeah. so excited to even be in that category, but, um, I mean, yeah, when when I didn't win, I was obviously bummed a little bit, but I, yeah. I was pumped for Andrew for sure. We, we were all – he was so psyched. Oh, my God, it was awesome to see. It is cool. I mean, especially a sophomore winning the Golden Spikes Award. Like, it's bananas. Yeah, but absolutely. Dude, it's it, – I don't know, man. I, I The Golden Spikes is sick and stuff. But actually, this is completely off topic. What are your – because you're a Texas guy. You're a diehard Texas guy. I mean, what are your thoughts here on Sam Ellinger and what's the coach's name? Um Tom Herman. Tom Herman. Are you are you big Tom Herman guy? Be honest, because he gets roasted I mean, yeah, on Twitter. I, I yeah, absolutely. I mean, that job holds a lot of weight, you know. So like, yeah. if anything bad go or anything bad happens, he's gonna be getting you know trash talked all over Twitter. You know, it's if it was anybody, they would be getting trash talked, right? I mean, I pull. I'm a, I'm good buddies with Sam. Uh, I love him. He's a great competitor. I freaking love watching him play. You know, he puts his freaking head down and grinds, right? And he's a good dude off the field as well. Um, Tom, I, I don't think I've ever met Tom, but um, I mean, 
I like the way he goes about his business. Um, the, it's just tough. It is. It is. All where it's at right now. Obviously, uh, obviously, I want them to do so well because I'm a diehard Texas fan. I love Texas football. We went to all the games when I was younger. Um, but we just need. We should have never fired Mac Brown. I <laughs> dude. And not, nine, he had nine win season. He gets fired, but it's all that, right. I'm, yeah, that's the thing. I think man. we're headed in the right direction, and I really hope that uh, you know we turn around a little bit. That's the thing, dude. It's like. And obviously, I'm a Michigan guy. I love the University of Michigan. It just you can never really win unless you're like a top four team, like with the fans. You can never win unless you're like a top four team. And that's what it's kind of like with Tom Herman. And speaking about fans, because you were the face of the baseball team that year. Obviously, you're all over social media. You're all over ESPN. What was it like for you to go to visiting ballparks? Because you, I mean, you ha- you probably caught a little bit of chirps from the fans. They were probably jawing at you a little bit. So that kind of added a little bit of fuel to the fire with you being doing the pimp jobs and stuff. But what was kind of some of the funny shit that fans said to you when you were at opposing ballparks in college? I'm trying to think. I mean, my junior year it was so weird. I was so locked in that, like, I honestly didn't hear much. But the more that I, I heard a ton freshman and sophomore year, and it was mainly, <laughs> like, Texas Tech they would wear me out um tech, when we would go to texas state they would wear us out they would look up i remember they would look up your family your girlfriends uh, you know your brother's girlfriends all this all over twitter find them and start yelling <laughs> out those names oh it was so funny but they wear you out texas state's fun to play at um texas tech they're pretty savage they would say some stuff that'll be like damn so, so would you say texas tech was the I, worst I, yeah, probably. Okay. Probably some Texas Tech yeah, yeah. Plus, I believe it. Plus in Lubbock, the field's kind of like sunken down and the, the stands are right on top of you. So like you can hear everything. They would wear you out. But I, I got a few chirps in Omaha um, when I like ran out to center field to stretch or whatever. I forgot what they said. I forget <laughs> who was with me. I was right there. I like had some like clever comment back and we all started laughing. I forgot what they're saying. But, you know, they, they, they obviously get on the – yeah, but we'll go into this for a player, though. Yeah, no, what I was saying is, like, because, like you said, obviously, I wanted to ask you about that. When you're a guy of your stature there and stuff and fans are talking shit to you, and you're a guy, obviously, you like to be outspoken. You'll say pretty much you'll chirp right back at them. Is part of you, like, yeah. I want to say something so bad to these guys? I'm not going to – like, how hard is it to be professional? That's what I'm That's what I'm trying to say. Oh, I mean, well, dude, in Texas, you if you say anything, you're done. You know, like, <laughs> there's so much stuff going on nowadays. Like, I remember – I forgot who it was. Obviously, now, like, people are bringing up tweets from when you were 12 years old. Yeah. Stuff like that. So, like, you can't say anything. Obviously, you're sitting there, and if they just roast you and you want to say something back, you just got to look at them and hold it in. That's why I always come back with something clever. Like, if you wore me out about something, I'm like, oh, thanks for paying for the ticket to come watch me play or something like that. Like, just, like, kill them with kindness. And then they just, like, swallow swallow their tongue, and they're like, oh, well. I was kind of an asshole right there. <laughs> dude, it's true. You know, like you know, stuff like that. Dude, and then and when and obviously we, this is what this is this, like the segment where we pump your tires a little bit. I had to ask you this because you're a Clemens. When you're at the University of Texas, and be honest, is it kind of hard for you to walk around without being noticed? Um. Well, I mean, Texas is such a like I know it's a baseball school and a football yeah. school. So football side, everybody's you know your face is all over ESPN, Longhorn Network, stuff like that. But during baseball season that year what was so great is that we kind of rallied the whole university because, uh, you know, we weren't doing so hot in other sports and stuff like that, that everybody loved baseball. I mean, I mean, walking around campus and stuff like that, no one, I mean, I wasn't very noticeable really. Um, but like, 
in the stadium and fans and stuff. Obviously, baseball fans would worry, scream my name and stuff like that all the time, and I'd go sign for them and everything. So that was great. I mean, I loved, I love you know signing for fans and little kids that are out there and passionate about the University of Texas. Just gets me fired up because that's exactly how I was when I was younger. Dude, yeah, no, for sure. I it just and you, and obviously. You're a legend there now, so it must be when you go back there. When's a statue getting built? Because I have to ask, because those numbers, like I said, you could take a team to the College World Series. What? And do you think, be honest here, this is like humble brag, do you think maybe sometime near in the future with what you did at Texas, your whole family, maybe there'll be a Clemens statue at the University of Texas coming in soon? <laughs> maybe. I have no idea. Um, I have heard rumors about my number getting retired. Um, Hell yes. But I have no idea when that is. I need to make it to the big leagues first. <laughs> hey, hey, like I said, and I, I used to say this to my guests, your, first, your big league debut, I'll be there. I don't care where it is. Detroit is like four <laughs> hours from me in Toronto. I'll make the trip. I'll be at your big league debut. Hopefully it's in Detroit, not in like Cali or some shit where I have to fly a long time. But if it's in Detroit, I'll be there. I promise you that. But let's go into your childhood, though, because you were you're born you're born a year before me, I believe, right? You're born in 96, so you're 24. Yes. So yes. your dad was in toronto i believe at that time right um i think he was with the uh yeah yeah, yeah. he was he might have been with the tail end of his red sock i don't even no, know he was, was with so the J. I think ago. i think I, I could be right here he with the Jays all right yeah yeah he was with the jays 96 yeah so 96 so did you obviously don't remember this but did your family get an opportunity to kind of live in toronto for like a full year or were they kind of obviously went back to texas well, they've always they've always been uh home base has always been Texas. Okay. Um, I remember when he was with New York, there was a time where we, we lived in downtown New York for a summer and that was about it. But um, other than that, we, he would obviously go play and then travel back and forth from Texas every now and then or whatever time he had. And then we would obviously go watch him play when he was in season, but in the off season, he would come back to Texas. Dude, your dad, by the way, is a legend here in Toronto. Like with this guy, this guy's numbers in Toronto were oh, idiotic. Hot with the Jays, dude. It was it was idiotic because his numbers in Toronto. I think he won a Cy Young here. I, I think he did actually. I think he yeah. did win a Cy Young here. But what's your family's perception of Toronto? Because obviously he was only there for like two years, and I think the Jays were kind of struggling when he was here. Yeah, no, my my family loves Toronto. Uh, my mom loved it there, um, and my dad loved it. They loved the city. They loved all the people are so nice and stuff like that. So he, they loved it for the what the two years he was there yeah no it, it was obviously a short period of time but i have to ask this about childhood because obviously when you're growing up you're roger clemens or you're the rocket's son uh what age did you kind of realize like holy shit like my dad is one of the greatest pitchers of all time was that young for you or a little bit older we always talk about it my brother casey and i were two years apart and then i have two older brothers that are 32 and 34 and um anyways casey and i always talk about it like we didn't notice any like we just thought that that's that baseball was the only thing in life and you can choose between two things for your career it's either you're a fan or a player and we didn't want to be the fan and that's all we thought and so yeah but when i first noticed i mean when i was like dang like this is like actual people love baseball and love my dad for some odd reason like all the stuff um was when he was with the astros um in the tail end of his, of his career and we were going to minute Maid every other weekend to watch him pitch and I'd start to notice, like, all right, like, he's actually, like, this is sick. Like, like, <laughs> I was, like, I was so young, and I was, like, dang, like, he's a beast. Like, wh what the hell? Like, you know, yeah. stuff like that. Like, it just – we were so – when I was 
so young, like I didn't even understand what he was doing. You know, I just saw him as my dad and that was about it. And he went and did this thing with threw a ball 98 miles an hour. And that's about it. Like, I didn't know anything about it besides, Oh, that's the big leagues. And he's freaking done. <laughs> he's everybody loves him. And, you know, he's been doing that for freaking 24 years. Like it was nuts. It's and and people obviously you, you always get these guys looking back at the stats of Barry Bonds and stuff. But if you kind of take a second to look back at your dad's stats, man, it is nightmare fuel to kind of see what this guy did to hitters when he was with the Red Sox, obviously with the with the Jays, with everyone. Did you have you gotten the opportunity like now to look back and kind of say, holy shit, what my did at my, what my dad did at the big league level is pretty much yeah. unheard of. I mean, Obviously, I'm biased, but he's the greatest pitcher of all. Time. He is, yeah. But um, uh, yeah. I mean, it was funny because when COVID kind of hit, they started. They didn't have baseball to play on TV, so they're playing all these old time classic games. And my dad was in like half of them, and <laughs> we were rewatching them with my dad. And you know, he's all in the Red Sox with his freaking high pants, all you know, yeah, whatever and stuff like that. And we were watching. They're playing his twenty strikeout games and all that. And I'm like, dude, he was a freaking stud. But it's so funny because back then, you know, there was only a handful of guys that were throwing 95 miles an hour or above. And then nowadays, every single roster has at least one or two guys that throw 100. So, like, the game has changed so much. And that's why he was so dominant back in the day because he could throw 100 miles an hour and there was only yeah. a few guys that could. For sure. And I think your dad is one of those guys because I continuously say on this podcast, if I played in the 1960s, 1940s, I would be Babe Ruth, but your dad is one of those guys that could pitch in pretty much any era. Like if he, if you put your dad on the mound right now, when he was in his prime, he would be a Cy Young winner. A hundred percent. Yeah. I believe that as well. I mean, he just had everything. And the thing that extended his career was when he developed the split finger. And that's kind of when it, because obviously his Velo was going downhill and he developed his split finger. And that was just his devastating pitch the rest of his career. And he had that in the back pocket and that's what, you know, kept him missing barrels. So, and obviously he's a bulldog on the mound and yeah, the most com- competitive guy ever. It's freaking hilarious. Dude, that video, I don't know if you guys kind of look back and reminisce on that video when there, when I think A-Rod broke a bat and it came back to your dad and he just yardoed it, like threw it right back at him. <laughs> that was uh Piazza. No, that was Piazza. Was that Piazza? Yeah, Mike Piazza, yeah. Okay. I, I, well, I don't even know why I said A-Rod. Yeah, you, can just, was- you can just see that he's in that video. Like it's all... <laughs> competitive nature and yeah that's all it is and so like back i in love the day, it that was the freaking game to watch right there yeah for sure man and then when you were a kid though obviously you got to hang out you got to walk around the clubhouse and stuff like that who's one guy that you got close with that you're looking back on now like i can't believe when i was like six i was hanging out with this dude oh <laughs> like, all the time i my most vivid memories is when he was with the yankees and we were in the clubhouse uh, in New York, it was freaking sick. It was so cool. And I remember it was, I must've been like 11 because it was Casey's 13th birthday and him and A-Rod share the same birthday. And so we went over there and Casey walks up and he's like, happy birthday, A-Rod. Like, it's my birthday too. <laughs> and A-Rod literally he's like, just got a shower. He's got it. And I'm like, holy crap, this guy's huge. <laughs> and uh, anyways, he's like, hey, bad boy, go get those cleats I wore today. And he gets them and he signs one for Casey and one for me. Uh, saying happy Holy birthday shit. whatever and he gave him to us and we have i have it on my uh wall still but Dude. um i mean i remember like bernie williams and mariano rivera and it was funny because obviously mariano speaks english but it's an accent in english yeah 
you know, I remember back in the day, I was, I thought that was funny and like, <laughs> like, you know, being a little kid. And then um, I'm trying to think who else, obviously Jeter. Like I remember we were on like the backfields in spring training, like taking ground balls with Jeter. And I just thought yeah. it was the coolest thing ever. I was like, 10 that's so crazy. Yeah. That's insane, man. And that Yankee team obviously was like the most stacked team ever. And there was one moment, I think this was your dad, right? Where he, he went into the press box and like, there was a big announcement, like he's coming back to New York. Do you remember that? Yeah. So cool. It gives me how much of a legend do you have to be to pretty much just take over a whole ballpark? Like I'm coming back. They have it all over the, like the, yeah, the jumbotron so and shit. The story is crazy because that was obviously like very it was like middle of the season. It was like May or June. I, I don't <laughs> yeah. know when it was. So yeah. My dad tells a story all the time, but my mom was here or whatever. And my dad was working in the garage doing something and somebody calls on the home phone and my mom answered and she's like, hello, whatever. And he's like, my mom's like, Hey, uh, someone for the Yankees is on the phone for you. And my dad <laughs> answers the phone. It's the freaking GM. He's like, Hey, we need you in the clubhouse. And my dad's like, what are you talking about? And they ended up figuring out, like, they need someone in the clubhouse, all this stuff. And then my dad's, like, talking to my mom. He's like, hey, I got to go back and pitch. And they're like, how, they're like, how long, they're like, how long uh, do you need to get ready? And my dad's like, give me three weeks. And then they signed him in a contract one year, whatever it was. And then he's in New York and they, they did all the announcing of him in, uh, uh, in New York in the stadium. And that video is hilarious. Cause he's up in the box with like Steinbrenner or whatever. Yeah. And he's like, I'm coming back. I'll see you soon. And everyone, the crowd goes nuts. Goes crazy. My dad says that no one in the uh, dugout knew uh, any of it yet. So everyone in the dugout for the Yankees, like Jeter and Pettit and all them are like looking up like, is this for real? Like, (laughs) he's about to come pitch for us again? (laughs) Man. Oh, dude, it's crazy. And uh, how's part of you kind of look back at your dad's legacy and be like, man, I have massive, massive shoes to fill. Because obviously you look at it, like obviously this weekend with Charlie Woods, right? Yeah. Charlie Woods has Tiger Woods footsteps to like walk in the greatest golfer of all time. Your dad's the greatest pitcher of all time. It's massive shoes, man. Right. So have you got opportunity to kind of look back and be like, holy shit. Yeah. I mean, I always say this. I say this all the time. I'm so glad that I'm a hitter because then I don't have to live (laughs) up to the same expectations as a pitcher because of any pitcher that has, half a career that he did they're freaking yeah. beast, you know and so luckily i'm a hitter but obviously it comes the clemens name comes with a target on my back and i'm supposed to be you know live up to that so i mean sometimes i look at it but like also at the same time i try and play my own game and live my own legacy and try and create that um, yeah as a hitter which is obviously the complete opposite so that's kind of the the easier route that i have <laughs> yeah god bless you to become yeah. a pitcher man because yeah, that i could that would have been tough what are you lifetime against uh, the Rocket? I mean, do you oh, you guys obviously get some ABs against each other, and I saw in the alumni game he was pitching, I think, three years ago, two years ago. I don't know if I have that date yeah. right, but I well, mean, what are you lifetime? I Well, technically, I mean, I've only taken live, like BP off of him, so, I mean, I haven't really had live ABs off of my dad before, but uh, it's crazy. Kobe was with the Astros, my oldest brother, in 2005 when my dad – he just got drafted to the Astros while my dad was – with the Astros and my dad faced him in a spring training game and Kobe hit a homer off him. <laughs> yeah. But uh no, I mean there's I mean there's we have very competitive like BP sessions. I mean shit, the dude's 58 now and he still throws yeah. 85 miles an hour. Oh and he still God. throws BP to us all the time. He loves it. We love it because you know it's very live arm, you know, he yeah. loves to get back up there. But uh I mean 
shoot, I wish I was Kobe's age when he was playing because I could just, you know, stand in his live bullpens and stuff like that. Yeah, that's not your training in the offseason. Yeah. And let's go into your career, though, because obviously you, you, you've been pre- doing pretty well in the minors. You, you're really, you've been really good defensively also, which I saw. I believe, I think it was last year or the year before, you had one error in like 150 innings. I think I had like five errors in like 20 innings when I was in <laughs> JUCO. But what, 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 what's it been like, man? What's the biggest adjustment? Because obviously you're, the numbers you put up in university are video game right. and you kind of go into professional baseball and you're facing all these guys that are just have hoses, throw 95 plus with nasty movement and all that stuff. So what's yeah. been the biggest adjustment for you? Yeah, I would definitely say speed. Like you see, I remember in the Florida State League, everybody was throwing, you would see at least two, two bullpen guys every game coming out throwing 95 plus, if not 100. I remember facing a dude lefty in double A in Akron throwing yeah. 102. And that was like my last step out of the year. But um no, that I mean, obviously speed, you gotta get your foot down. Um my leg kick in college was a little bit uh I not like high. excessive, but it was a lot yeah. higher. Uh, I've definitely gotten that down a little bit so I can get my foot down earlier. Um, stuff like that. And then obviously, you know, each level you go up, the more uh elite the outfielders are. So you're your gaps are closing, um, stuff like that. Like I remember going from low A to high A and I was noticing when I would hit the ball in the gap, they're tracking it down quicker, you know, double <laughs> turn into singles, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but it's just overall. And then a big thing I learned was trying to keep my body healthy. Uh, I remember playing my first full season in the floor state league and I was, uh, like game 90 or whatever. And I was like, damn, my body is tired. Like I haven't done this before, you know, playing every single day. Um, and so I was naturally getting in the ice bath and, and the hot, the hot tank, uh, like every game <laughs> after every game, trying to keep my body loose and, you know, not get all the soreness and lactic acid out. So that, that was a huge part that I learned that you got to just maintain that uh, over the whole course of the season. Yeah, and what was your biggest reality check? Because we always talk about the minor leagues here. You go from, I guess, you have a like you're, a lot of budget here in the University of Texas. You're flying private. You're, you're eating nice. And then you get just sent to the wolves in the minor leagues, low A, <laughs> and you're literally eating, like, terrible food. You're staying in shitty hotel rooms. What was your kind of biggest adjustment off the field? Like, the, the biggest thing you had to be like, damn, I'm not at Texas anymore, man. Yeah, it's literally as soon as I got drafted, I was so excited. I went to Lakeland to sign, and I signed, and they sent me to West Michigan. And it was, I loved the, the Grand Rapids town. I loved it. But, like, I would say – maybe 15 games in I was like damn like this is completely different than than obviously University of Texas you have so many resources and the best facilities in the country and all that stuff but then it was kind of fun because those fans loved the white caps there was about 8,000 fans a game down there and that was so fun um but then being up north for about three months I was like damn I want to go back home to Texas like I was (laughs) I was ready to go back but uh no I love that was probably the most fun I've had since uh, Texas was playing in West Michigan. Those fans loved us, and we had a great team. And it was fun. It was so fun. Because um, then yeah. you go to the Florida State League, and you probably get about – you can hear everybody's cell phone ring in the crowd. So, <laughs> yeah. You're right, man. I mean, in Western Michigan, what I like about West Michigan also, and the Whitecaps, who you said you played for – there it's like a very blue collared city so like everyone kind of rallies around you guys and i mean you probably had a shit ton of like people saying if you want a home cooked meal just come here <laughs> like they'll, they'll they'll treat you like their own man that's what i really like about minor leagues which kind of sucks that i guess they're dissolving some teams this year because dude it's such it's so good for the game 
to have those little cities like that yeah, to get, get to say Cody Clemens stayed here. Like yeah. Cody Clemens stayed in this house. Like that's the cool thing, man. So what has been, what's, what's your funniest minor league story so far? Cause we have a hilarious minor league stories of like cops getting involved, fans saying some ruthless <laughs> shit. What's the funniest thing that you have so far throughout your minor league career? I got to think that's a, that's a tough question. Um, gosh, dang. Funniest minor league deal. I mean, I haven't had a, fortunately I haven't had any bus trip that was about 14 hours in the bus breakdown. I've heard those. Multiple <laughs> yeah. Times. Yeah. Um, now you get lucky with the tigers, man. They have pretty good minor league teams. So yeah, um, I'm trying to think, I don't know if I have that many, I mean, just the, I mean, dang, I can't think of any there. I mean, there was a, in, in Tampa, we would drive, uh, I mean, that casino is literally 30 minutes from Lakeland, the hard rock casino. So we've yeah. had plenty of times where we all drive over there and <laughs> do that. Um, there's a, like a pool club down. Uh, it's more, it's like right before you cross that big bridge to go to Clearwater. It's called what the place is called water. And so it's like an outdoor pool club. And we've had a few times where we get the guys and go over there and get a table or get after it and get after it. But those, I mean, shoot, you get about one off day every month. So you got to plan yeah. those trips, right? <laughs> For but sure. That's man. about it. For sure. And what's like a weird city you visited, like where you can't even, let's just say you can't even pronounce the name or like you would never think in your million years, you'd be there. In quad cities was, was weird that was well, yeah, I think the, that's the, the quad Astros, city river huh? bandits yeah no, uh, no, yeah. no is it yeah it might be i don't know which it was i was in low a and we played the astros i don't know it might have been quad i think blair played there i think blair played there at one point i'm trying to think i don't remember what the name is but anyways though i mean there's so many there's so many i mean uh what's fun is when you travel over to daytona yes on a beach that place is sweet um the tortugas that's the reds they have their the ball flies there um but that's fun because you literally stay on a hotel at a hotel on the beach that's like the best place to go <laughs> dude it's <laughs> i mean yeah and if you're playing there in the minor leagues you're just living the dream man you get to go out after games rally just wheel college girls so that's i mean you're pretty much just living the dream there but and you mentioned the ball the ball flies in certain ballparks what's the furthest ball that you've hit in so is that even a word hitting? Whatever. What's the furthest ball you've hit so far in your minor league career where this is like a UTRGV nuke where it's like, I just embarrass this pitcher's family. Yeah. Um, I was in Jupiter, Florida and we were playing the Cardinals and it was like ninth inning and I hit a solo home run to right center and the ball does not fly there. And it hit like halfway up the, uh, <laughs> halfway up the uh, light pole in right center and it Holy made loud shit. noise because it's quiet. No fans are there or whatever. And it boom, just echoed. It was <laughs> awesome. But I crushed it. I crushed it. But I didn't, I didn't like, know it really off the bat. I hit it. I was like, damn, I crushed that. Like, that better go out, right? But that field, like, the ball does not fly in the gaps at all. So I was like, well, we'll see here. And then, like, I'm waiting for it to come down, right, right over the fence. But it hit yeah. up, like, way up. And so I was like, Holy oh, shit, all right. <laughs> but I never got, like, the track man data on it or anything. I was wanting to know how far it went but i forgot who who was on that cardinals team that was tech i think he texted me was like dude that fault that ball was hit so far <laughs> he was asking me for the track man data dude, you don't like, even dude, need I'm track man bro you just know yeah. that ball's a nuke and this is completely <laughs> off topic but i don't i honestly would be pissed on myself for not remembering this nolan told me to mention it he just told me to ask you about a post malone concert and if you have any uh, like a story <laughs> about the post malone concert what do you just give it to the people? What's what's this what's this electric story about Post Malone? No, we uh 
Post Malone came to Austin and they he performed, I think it's at Stubbs Barbecue, which is like right down the road downtown. And we had a big crew uh, go down there and watch him. And I'll just say I heard probably about one or two songs and then I was back to the park. <laughs> <laughs> yes, dude. That, that's about that's about uh that's about that story. <laughs> but no trust way. me, I, when I was there, I I I was I was when they came back, I was there still. So it was good. <laughs> That's electric, man. I mean, good for you. Good for you at the end of the day. But <laughs> Nolan's a kind of guy, and I'll say this. Nolan has to be one of the funnest guys in minor league baseball to get after it with, to have a couple beers with, because he's just like a regular dude. Like, he just is funny as shit. Like, he's – do what do you I mean, say? He's, 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 straight out of, he's straight out of Las Vegas, so that's all you need to know. Yeah, that's all you need to know. And he's, and yeah, I, I love Nolan, man. Obviously, he was like the, he's the reason this podcast is as good, as big as it's getting. It's because of Nolan. But what, what would you say you have the, your funniest story about Nolan Kingham during your whole friendship with him, your whole Texas career with him? There's so many. I can't, I can't even, I mean, he's just so loud. Like, you know, <laughs> literally nonstop. I have a million videos on my phone of him just dancing in the clubhouse oh my god they're so funny there's one i remember so we had a our uh head of baseball operations at texas is uh drew bishop and obviously we're blasting music in the clubhouse and we're not supposed to have any explicit language being played <laughs> or whatever and no yeah. one loves all the hood rap all that stuff yeah pop everything that just all you know uncensored and he's playing it, blasting it, blasting it. I'm videoing him dancing, all this stuff. Drew comes blasting the door to absolutely wear someone out. And he's like, who's playing all that music? And Noel's like pointing at everybody else like he's not on the ox. And I have it on video. It's hilarious. Oh, my God. But there's so many videos I have of him just dancing and stuff in study hall where we were, we're supposed to be studying. And he's yeah. on when that damn uh, – what was that skateboard where you lean forward and back? Do you remember that thing? Oh, it was you know, uh, what it was called. He had he would ride that thing around campus and have it in study hall doing tricks on it. Oh my god, I have so many funny videos of Nolan on my phone. We try and go out. We try and go out and visit old Nolan in Las Vegas every now and then, but. Right now, the scene's just not too good, I heard. Yeah, he's just uh, – also, Nolan's just an electric guy to golf with, too. I mean, he's not the greatest golfer of all time. Yeah, <laughs> but speaking about that team, man, I mean, that was a team that was, like, so electric to be on because you had so many personalities there. Another guy I wanted to bring up with is my boy, who I run called with, Chase Sugar. I mean, what, 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 what was it like playing with Chase? Because this guy, he's not the tallest dude in the room, but he'll throw like 98 oh. paint just for no reason. Well, Chase is a dog. He'll, if, if anything happens, he's got your back no matter what. He's, he's ready to just knock someone out if it's yeah. in, in that situation. But also on the mound, you know, like I loved playing behind him because I knew how fired up he was and he loved to talk shit and do whatever. But I love playing behind him because he had good tempo. Like, you know, he's on the mound, pitch yeah. one, pitch two, pitch three, punch out, you know, and then he's walking around the mound like he's the freaking dog, which he was. Yeah. And that was the best part. And I remember we played uh, – <laughs> this is the Tennessee Tech game. I, I think I made an error at second, and then a run ended up scoring. I was so pissed. And then that was also part of my uh, <laughs> horns up part. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was pissed, and I hit a homer, and I was so fired up because I got the run back for Chase. And I was like – Hell yeah, I was so pumped. I put the horns up, so fired up, and I went up to Chase right when I scored. It's in a video. I think there's like a YouTube video. Some <laughs> dude's like talking about what I'm saying with my mouth, trying to lip read. Yeah. I went up to Chase and I dabbed him up. I was like, I got that back for you. Like, whatever. 
told you like i told him whatever and then i said some other shit <laughs> <laughs> you can go watch the video it's pretty funny Dude, yeah it yeah he's he's one of those guys man he he's gonna be something serious and like he's gonna be a, a show pitcher and what does your dad say when he sees guys like has your dad ever watched a couple of your games and like looked at a pitcher and said that guy's gonna be in the show yeah no he my dad was always around and he loved watching chase and nolan and blair uh pitch because they all had that really a strong mentality of like, I'm going to beat you. Right. And so yeah. that's a big, my dad, one of my, the biggest things that my dad talks about is your mentality, like, and the mental part of the game as a pitcher. And like, you just have to know that you're going to win each pitch, you know, stuff like that. And so, I mean, he watched Nolan and chase and clean them up a little bit if they needed, you know, little, you know, things here or there, fix your, your, yeah. you know, stride, stuff like that and close your shoulder, all that stuff. And so, it was awesome letting him get into work with obviously my dad would chasing them, working with him. So it was just fun. I mean, that team was so fun. And I loved how the best part about that team was that that was Augie's last uh, recruiting class. Yeah. And if we didn't make it to Omaha, then it would stop the streak of every single recruiting class of Augie Garrido made it to Omaha. So we wow. made it. And so it clinched it all. It was sick. That is unreal, dude. Yeah, that that's is, a cool stat that no one really knows about. That is insane. That is so crazy. And and also the cool thing about Texas is obviously you're in like one of the, the biggest states in the U.S. There's a lot of famous people from there. There's one guy that's a massive advocate for the University of Texas who just as a walking soundbite. I love this dude. Matthew McConaughey. Have you had any interactions with that goat? Like, does he know? Yeah. What, do, what do you know your name if he saw you? Yeah. We uh. So I think it was my freshman year. We went to Cabo over uh, Christmas break during New Year's, kind of like I'm going back this year again. But uh, Matthew and his family came to Cabo, and then and then my family obviously went to Cabo as well. And we met up with him, and we all stayed at the same resort. His whole family was there, his kids, his wife, everything. And he actually flew in. Uh, he loves to grill and cook food and all this stuff. And so he literally was just drinking tequila cooking up these Wagyu steaks that he flew on his plane all the way to Cabo. <laughs> and, you know, we were drinking whatever. And he, uh, was started talking to us. He's like, tell like babes basically gave Casey and I this awesome pep talk about <laughs> how he goes about his business, uh, right before he films a movie and stuff like that. And how, how he works that stuff into our baseball career and how we plan to, you know, go out there and show him what we got and whatever. And it was hilarious, but the best part about it is the steaks he was cooking were freaking good. <laughs> They're <were laughs> so, so he good. It all. Yeah, he's got it all. He's freaking awesome. He's so cool. I remember we went on uh, the boat that trip. Uh, they have like a the the um, Diamante Resort has a, a boat called the Mick, and we went on it. And his son caught like a little yellowfin tuna, and it was sick. It was so fun just watching <laughs> him with the kids. It was cool. So he, I mean, so Matthew McConaughey, obviously, because he's one of those guys that's just a legend of the game. I mean, do you, when you talk to this guy, would you, if you met him, like, let's say a guy like me met him, would you think that this guy is like a legend and everywhere, like just a superstar? Is he like a, as down to earth as he looks like on camera and yeah. everything? Yeah, no, he's exactly how he talks in interviews and stuff is exactly <laughs> how he is. He came and talked to us that year, right before I think we went to Omaha yeah, and talked to all of us. It was so cool just to hear. I mean, it's just wild when someone like that who's obviously all over TV and you know the big name and 
you know, all that he's done in his career and you watch movies of him and all that stuff. And then he walks into the room and you're like, damn, that's him. That's so like, that's, it's so it's cool. insane. Yeah. Say, who, who, who's uh, like, who's a couple other guys, like a couple country music stars you'd, you've met like at the university of Texas or anything like that. Cause I saw this picture of you actually with Brad Paisley. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was funny. He was performing in the dish uh, parking lot, like a couple nights. And so he, I think he contacted Drew Bishop and was like, Hey, I want to come out and like, I want to work out or something like that. And I remember he literally, they're like, we have a weight room. And so he literally just came in there and started a workout. <laughs> and then we were like kind of around. And so we were like, Hey, like, can I, I asked him if I could take a picture with him and whatever. And then I ended up going to his concert that I think it was that night or whatever it was, but yeah, I mean, there's so many connections and stuff you can make through the university of of texas like there's for sure so many guys yeah it's such i yeah uh, it's like such a it's it's such a cool school to be involved in I, I can't even imagine like how how easy it is to probably recruit a kid to go play baseball there like oh. you just look at him you like you're like have you ever heard of troy Tulowitzki? like he's our infield guy like yeah, you heard yeah. of houston street he's coaching the pitchers <laughs> like whoa how yeah, easy yeah. how for instance, i mean like, it seems like such an easy decision i mean exactly you can say it to anybody and they'd be like all right well that's yeah, sure. Fine. Yeah, yeah. I'll go there. Yeah, I'll go there. It's it, it, it's insane, man. And obviously they kind of struggled last year, but adding those coaching that coaching staff there, man, it is going to be a scary team in a couple of years. Just like when you were there. But um, who's who's uh who's one guy that you kind of see right now on the University of Texas that you're kind of like this guy's going to be a dog in the future in baseball? Well, it's wild. I I mean, when I go back to Texas every now and then to say hi to the coaching staff and see everybody funny because there's only a few guys well they got that are left from when i got was playing there so i don't know many of them like personally yeah. um i know trey Faltine's the shortstop and i know he's really good uh, i've seen him hit a few times he's got a great swing he's super athletic so i'm sure he'll have a great career there um but like zubia and dj Petrinsky are still there like austin todd those guys yeah. my team because they had that extra year of eligibility due to covid sure. or whatever so they're like freaking 25 and in college so i'm jealous <laughs> dude uh, i'd be jealous too just living the dream man living the dream but a couple other things here because obviously you mentioned you're a golf guy what's your golf game like what's the handicap index i actually played today um yeah what's the handicap I played index? with my dad casey and then one of my other buddies george pappas uh my handicap right now is probably like an eight or nine i think okay. it was a nine today i've got that gin app or whatever yeah. where you calculate your handicap and i Today we played from the one ups and I was a nine handicap and I shot uh eighty-four. Okay, so what what what's who's the best in your family? Like who's who's the best golfer? Casey, Casey, my older brother, uh he's usually better than me. Today he didn't play so well, but <laughs> he's like a, he's like two, he's probably like if I'm an eight, he's a six handicap. He he shoots seventies like regularly if he's like high seventies. My dad's good and my mom's good too. They both they all play. Everybody Holy plays. shit, man! I mean, I <laughs> you want to talk about just a, a foursome on the golf course? Like, I if, if you guys are playing behind me, I'm letting you guys go through. It'd be scary hours <laughs> seeing those guys behind. Me. But let's let's plug your dad. I believe your dad has a foundation, right? The Roger Clemens Foundation. Is that yes. what it's called? Yep. Yeah. Um. So my dad has the Roger Clemens Foundation, and that you know just gives back to to um to like Memorial Hermann uh we have a moral herman wing the roger clemens wing uh right down here uh, in downtown houston uh he does my dad does a ton of charity events uh whether that's like golf tournaments to raise money for whoever um stuff like that uh and then my mom has a uh jewelry line 
within the uh, foundation and it's called debbieclemens.com or Debbie Clemens Boutique. And she sells jackets and stuff like that and necklaces. But whenever my dad has anything to give back or anything like that, he, you know, he's had it for a while and they do a ton of events to just to raise money for kids. Yeah, dude. And like, like I said, man, this is a pretty good foundation. I mean, I've seen a couple of the golf tournaments you guys do and what your mom and your dad doing, man, it's big time because you sometimes see these kind of athletes like that are, that were as big as your dad where they'll like, once they retire, they kind of just, you never hear from them again. They don't do these foundations stuff like that. So what your dad's been doing with all this kind of stuff, man, it's big time for sure. But yeah, um, they basically just give back to underprivileged children and kids like that and need yeah. and stuff like that. And so it obviously just puts a good smile on his face when, you know, you can provide for that. And obviously us as a family as well, whatever we can do, it's freaking cool. For sure, man. And obviously, like I said, and this is, I'm not even just saying this because you're his son. It's like, what I think your dad's one of the most misunderstood guys in ba- like in baseball besides maybe Pete Rose because your dad kind of has I, I guess he has that persona where people kind of just like hate like to like to hate him I guess maybe because he was so good but what what could you say let's say this what would you say to the people specifically that like have negative opinions about your father like what would you what would you yeah. say to these guys yeah well it's just it's so hard because obviously he was in the Mitchell report and all this steroid era and all that stuff right and so even though my dad went to court and proved that he was uh innocent um he still will have that reputation that he you know took steroids even though he didn't and all this stuff he's still going to be you know acknowledged with those guys and so it just basically ruined his reputation solely for the fact that everybody believes that he did even though he went to court and proved himself not guilty exactly so that's the hardest part about it i mean it was obviously a rough time for our family and how, what we had to go through and stuff like that. But he's literally like the most genuine dad ever. Like he's hilarious. No one even knows his personality. Obviously everyone only sees him on the mound and you can ask anybody who knows him and has talked to him that he's the nicest, funniest dude ever. He's hilarious. I love him as my dad. He's so funny. Um, But yeah, he obviously is viewed as this intimidating pitcher who took, took steroids. So like, that's just how people see him and they hate him for that fact and it's just hilarious because if he doesn't go down in the hall of fame it's just like what is the hall of fame you know if everybody in the hall of fame he has struck out (laughs) exactly And, and and if you look at the hall of fame first of all how could you take the hall of fame seriously when guys like barry bonds and pete rose aren't in the hall of fame. And and another thing with that is, is you're talking about, and people talk about the Pete Rose gambling and all that kind of stuff, but the game of baseball is starting to be a little bit more outspoken on sports gambling. So wouldn't you think that's a little bit ironic that a guy like Pete Rose, who was disgusting, we could both agree on that. He was one of the best ever Pete Rose at, at, at the plate is yeah. in the hall of fame. Yeah. I, I, no, I don't get it. I mean, those guys, I mean, whether you like it or not, they have to be in the hall of fame because yes. guys were the best in baseball. That's yeah, just for sure that for sure man and this is the last thing i want to bring up because obviously if you look at your instagram you're a big hunter and all that kind of stuff what's like what when did you kind of start being big in this hunting scene fishing scene all this kind of stuff because obviously you love it like it's a massive part of your life yeah i mean basically my hobbies outside of baseball are hunting fishing and golfing those are like my main three things and so we've been my dad when we were growing up would take us out hunting you know that's what he liked to do uh and we kind of obviously just liked it as well and um you know Casey and I kind of really gotten into it uh this past year and uh this Christmas I got early Christmas present I got a Canon camera um and 
I was like, yo, like we could probably produce like pretty cool hunting videos. Like we go out here and do this all the time. Um, you know, I think it creates an awesome aspect of hunting, you know, white tail hunting, anything, bass fishing or golfing, take this camera out and film it and then create a video. And worst comes to worst, we have all these badass videos that yeah. we can share with our family and kids and stuff like that. And then and then if something happens, we have a badass YouTube channel that, you know, blows up. So if it sure. doesn't blow up, whatever. <laughs> then we have a ton of awesome videos that we have just made ourselves you know so yeah. it's pretty cool we started um it's called clemens brothers outdoors we literally just started it and we had this hunt up in truscott texas uh which our agency uh hosted us and so there's a bunch of out there ryan presley was out there with us there's a few big league guys kevin smith stuff like that that are with boundary group the boundary group that uh, our agency and it was so fun hanging out with those guys, but we just videoed the whole weekend and I ended up shooting a whitetail and so fun. And I created, we went to iMovie and just edited it and we put it out. It just came out. It's on our YouTube channel. <laughs> plug the YouTube channel again for the people that didn't hear let, let, Let's give you free plug it's the, here. It's the Clemens, <laughs> the Clemens brothers outdoors. Check All it right. out. <laughs> and I, I usually don't do free ads, but because I'm a massive Cody Clemens guy now, I'm going to have the Jersey hanging <laughs> behind me. As you see the guests we've had on the show, I'm going to have a Cody Clemens Jersey hanging up there behind me. So we'll just get it buzzing here. So, and th this episode is going to be dropping on December 31st or I'll try or maybe December 30th. Let's okay. talk about this. What was, what's the one thing that you are grateful for this year, looking into new year's because obviously new year's is coming up after this episode. What's one thing this year that you were kind of grateful happened? Cause it was an insanely oh, weird year. Yeah. I'm extremely grateful for the constellation energy league. <laughs> we started this constellation energy league in sugarland and i was fortunate enough to get 100 at bats in versus versus uh really good pitching there was like majority left-handed pitchers too which i needed to see and it was like double a triple a talent uh throughout the four teams and then there was obviously ex big leaders in the league like fernando rodney and scott Cash, christ and all these dudes yeah it was freaking <laughs> awesome and it was so cool because my dad and my brother were our managers like my oldest yeah. brother and my dad were around and we got to play 30 games and so there was a ton of minor league players that didn't get uh at bats in the summer and that obviously is pretty tough yeah. to go the full year without seeing live pitching so i'm extremely grateful for that and grateful for a surround a great surrounding family that i've gotten we're all, we're all healthy we're all healthy and we're trying to move forward with this freaking crisis yeah and we mentioned your family here and one guy i'll say this he's in the j he he in the a jays guy he has to be and i say this to all the guys in the jays organization it must suck to go out with your brother because it must be just women all over this guy one of the <laughs> best looking dudes all time and i say i've said it to nolan i say it to all the guys i say it to blair your brother, and you could attest to this, when your brother goes out, do you see a couple females kind of take a little double look at Casey Clemens over there? <laughs> Probably, yes. It definitely <laughs> does happen. I respect it. I respect the general Casey Clemens, hey, man, a legend. Great for him. It's it's pretty easy. <laughs> it is pretty easy. Good yeah. for him, man. This guy Good has it all figured out. Yeah, absolutely. He's He loves it. All right, man. Well, there you have it, folks. I mean, one, like an electric, electric interview. I don't think, have you done a podcast before this? Uh, I, I mean, I've done... Maybe not. Actually, okay. this might be this technical, technically uh, podcast. So yeah. we got copyrights here on Cody Clemens. Like you're, you're our guy now. Like we're, like I said, <laughs> if anyone comes at you on Twitter, they're dead to me. I'll roast them, put them in a body bag for you. It was a pleasure to have you on. The people are gonna love this shit. You're an electric dude, man. I really, really appreciate you taking time out of your day to come on this, my man. Yeah, dude, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. 
Thank you for listening to Officially Unofficial. Make sure you guys subscribe and leave a review on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Pod and on Instagram at Officially Unofficial Pod. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>